When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, it's another home ice loss for your Edmonton Oilers tonight. They fall 5-2 to the Pittsburgh Penguins. It has been tough at Rogers Place lately for Edmonton. 1-5-2 in their last eight at home. And they slip to 19-15-4 on the season. We are live in Studio 99, overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The Oilers will be right back at it tomorrow. 3.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 5. For the fourth consecutive home game, the Oilers fell behind 2-0, at least 2-0. They uh, fell behind 3-0 in that game. They lost to Carolina. They... Fought back a couple times to get within a goal, but has been happening a lot lately. They played just well enough to lose. They had a pretty good second period. They got a deflection goal by Zach Cassian. Okay, they're coming on a bit. They're down 2-1. And then a misplay at the blue line. Ethan Bear couldn't hold the puck away from Jared McCann. He tipped it down the ice, got a breakaway, and beat Mike Smith. That made it 3-1 for the Penguins. But then another burst of life for the Oilers. Riley Shane scores shorthanded with 22 seconds left in the second period. First Oilers shorthanded goal of the year. And you're thinking, okay, back within a goal, going to the third with a little momentum. But the penalty kill, which has been top five most of the season, could not kill off the rest of the Penguins' man advantage. Chris Letang fired one home. 4-2 Penguins. The Oilers did put the puck in the net with about three and a half minutes left. Connor McDavid tapped it past former Oil King Tristan Jari, but it was waved off for goaltender interference. The Oilers decided not to review it, and then Tanev sealed the deal with an empty netter to make it 5-2 for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99. We will have post-game reaction from both dressing rooms as we move along tonight. Well, Rob, this is a really tough go for for the Oilers. Cer- certainly overall, just one win in their last seven games, but more troubles really on home ice than on the road, which is the flip of how it usually goes for teams. But I, I said just as you were sitting down here, you, you know, a couple times they're back within a goal, then they're down to it. They're back within a goal. It, they're, they're playing just just well enough to, to lose. They're, they're, they're almost getting there, but they're not getting over the hump. Well, we talked about it between periods. Whenever you fall behind by multiple goals early in a hockey game, you, you have to play perfect hockey the rest of the way in. Uh, and the Oilers are not a team that can play perfect hockey yet. I mean, they, they work, they battle, they, they try their hardest to get back in the hockey game, but then one mistake happens and all of a sudden it, the, the lead is extended. We saw that tonight where the second period, the Oilers came out and were playing a perfect period. They had all the momentum going forward. They get the goal to pull within one. Everything is going their way. The the Penguins had absolutely nothing going offensively themselves. And then the one mistake that Bear made on the blue line. 
uh, gets caught flat-footed, a bad bounce off the boards. He didn't read it properly, and it's a breakaway, and all of a sudden the goal goes in, and it's 3-1 again. And that's what happened at the beginning of this, the, the third period. The Oilers, they, they make it 3-2. They get the shorthanded goal. Everything is going good. They make a mistake, and all of a sudden Latang's left wide open shorthanded. One-timer, goals in the net. The Oilers are down again, two goals. So you, you can't continue to put yourself in a hole, and when you put yourself in a hole like the Oilers have been by multiple goals, you get out of your rhythm. You can't roll four lines. So you, the, some of the players, their strengths are taken right, completely away from them. Uh, your, your star players are overused in certain situations because you're trying to get back in the game, and there's only two or three players on this team that score with any consistency. So, and, and the other team doesn't have to chase because they have the lead, so you don't get as many power plays as you hope to get. So uh, the Oilers' biggest problem on home ice has been falling behind early and falling behind by more than one goal. And it's just a big mountain that they haven't been able to climb up. Yeah, four straight games they fall behind 2-0, and they just have a point out of those games. They did come back to lose in overtime against Buffalo. Goaltending continues to be a big story for the team. And I don't want to pin the Oilers' slump all on goaltending, but I have to acknowledge it's the most important position on the ice, and sometimes it can cover up a lot of other problems. Mike Smith, in his last two starts, has faced 51 shots. He's given up 10 goals. And today, the first one, certainly one that you, you would hope wouldn't go in, and significant because it's the first one. You and I know the, the first goal stats. You usually win at least two-thirds of your games when you score first. Yes, two breakaways tonight, but I, I feel like I'm saying the same thing about Smith that I said after the Minnesota game. He's not denying any grade-A opportunities. If the other team gets a good scoring chance, it's going in. And then plus tonight, there was a bad one. Yeah, today, the first goal, that one deflates the team a little bit uh, and probably frustrates the goaltender a little bit as well. That's one that you, you don't usually see go in. Uh, there's The rest of the goals I don't think are ones that you can fault them on, but they weren't the big save. In every game that you watch that the Oilers win or, or the, the opposition, when, when you look back on what changed the complexion of the game, there's usually a big save yeah. somewhere along the line that... Uh, spurs you to victory and the Oilers didn't get that if, if there's a big save the one where the puck gets by Bear in the breakaway if he makes a big save there all of a sudden it's still a one goal lead that was the only real shot that the Penguins had in the second period and the Oilers still feel pretty good about themselves but they never got that big save um, having said that the Oilers still give up too many grade A scoring chances and we saw uh, he gave up four tonight uh, four goals Mike Smith did and there was a sequence where the the Penguins had a three-on-one and got three grade-A scoring chances on the same three-on-one and Smith stopped them all. They gave up two or three two-on-ones. And those are things that happen, too, when you start trailing in hockey games. You start having to 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 cheat and sell out. And when you do that, you give up odd man breaks going the other way. Uh, fortunately, tonight, they didn't make them pay. The Penguins didn't. But the lead was big enough. They didn't need the, the insurance goals. So uh, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. We were asked before the first game, will the Oilers make the playoffs? And neither of us would throw out an well, absolute. Well, I, I plainly said no before. The, I did not pick them to make the playoffs. And I said it, I couldn't make that call until we found out what the Oilers' goaltending was going to give them. Well, they've got quality goaltending in almost every start by Koskinen. Smith has hit a, a bit of a, a rough patch here right now. The Oilers cannot get by on average goaltending. Yeah. The Oilers need good to great goaltending to, to win. And most, most, team, most, most teams do most in the teams National do. Hockey. And, and you, know, you know, we've talked a lot about save percentage, but 
wins and losses since November 3rd. I mean, Koskinen is 7-5-2. D- decent record. He's yep. won half his game. Smith is 2-6-1. and one. So, I mean, if, if Smith were, were 500, the Oilers would have three or four more, more wins. And, again, it's not all on the goaltending, but it's been noticeable enough that, that I think we, uh, we have to talk about it. Now, it's, it's 9 out of 13 that Koskinen has started. He's going to start the next two. Well, I mean, he's going to start tomorrow. I can't see why he wouldn't start in Vancouver. What's interesting is the Oilers don't play a lot in the next five weeks. Yep. They play the 27th of December. They play on 31st, New Year's Eve. Yep. And then they have a five-game road trip that takes nine days to play. They play the 2nd, 4th, 6th, 9th, and 11th of January. Every second day. And then they play the 14th and 18th, and then they have their bye. They don't play back-to-back games until January 31st and February 1st. I, I mean, I, they were already leaning towards Koskinen. There's a chance that they can really go for him here if he keeps playing well and if Tippett commits. I mean, Tippett, I think, has been very respectful of Smith and respectful of their previous relationship. But there's a chance now to say, like, okay, we're midpoint of the season. We can't get, keep giving games away. Uh, you're right. It, at one point, it was easy to stay within the rotation simply where the Oilers were in the standings. Well, the Oilers are not comfortably on top of the standings with room between them and a non-playoff team anymore. Uh, I think that when you look at any position that the Oilers have, the Oilers put the best players in at in the in the lineup on any given night based on their performance. Uh, Koskinen's performance probably dictates that he should play more going on forward, and he, and he has as of late, and the schedule dictates that they can actually play him even more than you would expect. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Koskinen's going to play the next two games, barring injury. And then going forward from there, I think it'll just be if he continues to play well, he continues to keep the crease. I mean, it's been all fair. We're halfway through the season almost, and the goaltenders have both had shots to be. Yeah, and now get, they've and now they've separated. They they've certainly separated. Yeah, and, and like you said, you know, you need every team needs very good or excellent goaltending to be successful. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in Arizona with Kemper out. Mm-hmm week to week but even on the nights that Costin's had a couple starts you'd say were below average or poor two two right yep exact pretty much exactly two and, and even okay you know he lost to St. Louis but it's not like he was a I mean you, you might grade Koskin in a, a well you might grade him even with Allen Allen faced fewer pucks through the first oh, two right for, so absolutely oh I actually I, I thought so that's what I mean. Even on nights, you might say, well, Koskinen wasn't the better goalie. You might say, well, he was still an 8 out of 10, but the other goalie was still a 9 out of 10. Yes. Well, so I think we'll, we'll see how they handle it, but I, but I really think you got to start leaning towards him. Well, and you can see the frustration seen. in Mike Smith, too, at the end of the game. Sure, going, going, going after him. And, Malkin, and yeah. I don't blame him, and I don't judge him on that, but you can see that uh, he, he's frustrated. Yeah. And... I uh, hope maybe something like that spurs him on, but it might be a while before he sees the net again. Penguins win 5-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Okay, Dreisaitl and McDavid were, were never reunited tonight, except uh, obviously on the power play. Five on five, they were never out there together. Um, Nugent Hopkins played with McDavid today. I, I understand why Tippett did it and wants to do it, and maybe will do it again. I, I just think... Regardless of how the Oilers deploy their lines, there's going to be a couple of lines where you say, ooh, I don't know about that one. They, like, we, we know they don't have a lot of forward depth. Uh, the, the depth guys who they've signed have, have basically helped with the penalty kill. They haven't scored a ton. Well, Shane got a big goal tonight. I, I just, and, and, I, and I know you're in favor of it, and I just think 
no matter how you write down the Oilers' lines, and, you know, I always tweet them out at practice and, and write them down and all that kind of stuff, no matter how you write down the Oilers' lines, there are going to be holes. So I'm at the point where it's like, at least if you put McDavid and Dreisaitl together, that's 20 minutes where the other team is going to think, oh, we got something to worry about. Because I think when you split them up, and even if you put Nugent Hopkins with one of them, I think that's a relief to the opponent. And I I think Tippett's got to put them back together. Well, Dave Tippett's going through the same thing that Ken Hitchcock is going through. That went the same thing that Todd McCullough went through. Whereas you just see a lack of depth after your first line. And they all continue to look to see, okay, if we split them up, if we go three center, if we go two center, if we put Nuge with one of them and, and maybe have someone, maybe put McDavid with this one. And it doesn't work. And we said this from day one this year, that the Oilers' scoring depth on the wing is very sparse. To the point where Zach Cassian is far and away. There is nobody even close to him when it comes to... Uh, productive productivity from your from your wing position outside of Leon and Connor. Right. Like, there's no one even in, in the ballpark of him. I, I've said it for three years. I'll say it again tonight. Leon Dreisaitl has to play with Connor McDavid for this team to win. I just don't see it any other way. Uh, you've got a guy that scored 50 goals last year. It was in the top five in scoring. They are one two, I think, still in the in the league in scoring this year. Uh, the, when they are split up, whoever is on the second line does not have the scoring ability on the wings to make them effective. Like tonight, uh, Neil has, has been fantastic on the power play. Uh, and Gagne has been a, a, a great story going forward for the Oilers over the last little while. But playing on a line with Leon Dreisaitl, Leon plays at a different level than the two of them. And you could see at times as the game went on, Leon was trying to do things by himself. And that shows me a, a player that doesn't have as much faith to get things are going to get done if he moves the puck to one side or the other. Uh, this is a better team with Leon playing with Connor, and you have let them run wild and hope that the other te- the other lines play even, and you win the game 3-1 or 3-2 or whatever it is because you know when they play together, they're going to put a couple pucks in the net. All right, Oilers fall 5-2 to the Penguins. Let's head down to the Hall of Fame room, courtesy GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Dave, I'm not sure how you'd assess it. The chances, I mean, there's two breakaways. There's a power play shot from pretty close. Yeah. Uh, they're grade-A chances, but you also don't get a big save all night. What were your thoughts on your goaltending, your defensive play? Well, the mistakes we made, we made the uh, the first mistake is guy coming out of the box. Everybody's yelling at Clef that he's coming and it's coming, and, but we pulled in there, and so we give up that one. That's a mistake, not recognizing that. So it's uh, that one to me is a mental mistake, not a uh, tactical mistake. The next one is uh, just a poor pass to leave a guy stranded with a loose puck and gave up another breakaway. First goal, I thought it's a stoppable goal. The big one was uh, the uh, the PK goal. We come out, we have got some momentum at the end of that period. Come out, if you get that kill at the start, that's a big one. But it's a great shot, tight shot. This you'd like to get a save out of one of those, but they're great A chances, like you say, other than the first one. Smith's numbers are, uh, you know, not great. They're Say percentage starting with eight here, it's about 860. Yeah. Um, do you have to, as a coaching staff, start thinking about maybe playing Koskinen more? 
Well, we have that done a little bit already, you know. It's but we knew today you got a seven o'clock game and a five o'clock game. You're going to use two goalies. So the last real good game Schmidt had was against Pittsburgh. So and we got home real late on Wednesday night. Cost played two hard games on the road. Cost gets a day's rest. You're going to have to split them anyway. You're hoping Schmidt comes up with a big game for us. You're you're six out of your last seven. I think. Maybe coming off that road trip, you're feeling a little bit better about the way you were playing. But, I mean, the run is what it is, Dave. How how far down the, the hole are you guys slipping here and how, how far to get back? Well, it's if you look at it, like, I think we, it looks worse than it is because we've chased so many games. And part of that is our inability to capitalize on anything five on five. Like, if you look at our special teams, we're carrying us for a while. Our goaltending was carrying us for a while. Now, uh... Our power play is, is, was clicking along pretty good. Now it's uh, not at the same percentage it was. Um, you know, we need the five-on-five five scoring. As the season goes, there's different things that kind of keep you above board. And the last couple weeks, as our five-on-five five scoring has been minimal. And couple that with some of the mistakes we're making or... Uh, goaltending not quite as strong as it was early in the year. You get chasing games, and then games look worse than they are. Where are you at with Leon and his game right now? Uh, he was he was dash four tonight, but like you said, yeah, it's, breakaways and stuff. But yeah, I get, overall, in the last week, you know, the last the last couple of weeks is uh, last couple of weeks hasn't been he hasn't been near as good as he was early in the year. That's. Uh, He's, a, he's one of those guys that when he gets behind it again, he gets chasing the game. And he's trying to do whatever he can to get this in back in the game, but leads to a lot of chances against. Dave, you go into that second intermission after the shorthanded goal, and I, I'm assuming you guys must have felt pretty good at that point, yeah. but you had to kill that penalty. I guess what was yeah. the importance of just trying to kill that penalty and take advantage of that shorthanded goal? That's exactly a huge turning point in the game because we did. We felt like we played a pretty good second period. Had a lot of zone time in the offensive zone. You know, made the one mistake that cost us... Uh, cost us a goal but for for the most part we felt like our work ethic and the ability to get pucks to the offensive zone were was we were doing all right got the big shorthanded goal but then comes out we thought we had it tied up in the corner ends up getting across and and Latang, it's a hell of a shot so but that that's a to me that was a big turning point of the game we thought we were fine where we were, we were just going to stick with it, and then all of a sudden you're down two right out of the, you know, early in the third, changes the game a little bit. There's a bit of uh, concern in the market that you know the Oilers have kind of fallen back to earth, and this is who they really are. are do you share that concern, or do you think you can get back to where you were in the first uh, month? No, I, I'm, we're trying to win every day, and there was there was times early in the season where we won some games where we probably didn't deserve to win. And I think lately there's been some games where I think we've played well enough to win and we haven't. You know, so that's, uh, you got to just keep pounding away at it, pounding away. And there's, like I say, there's different factors that come into play when you, when you win. Like you look at the two games on the road, we won one, lost one, but uh, against a good, good St. Louis team, we're right in the game. Our goaltending is excellent and we're hanging around the game. That was like it was early in the, early in the year. And we won a couple of those games. Like the Philly game we won, we shouldn't have won, and we won. Connor had a heck of a game, and our goaltender had a heck of a game. 
right? But there are some games, I look at the games that we talk about as a team are the games like the one in Dallas this week, like the one in the island where we go and we really play a tight, hard checking game. But then you need to capitalize on some chances, whether it be your power play or five on five, you need to capitalize on some chances. And that's where we're coming up pretty short right now. Dave, are you sensing um, a sag in this group through this streak? Like, and I'm, I'm talking about you know the mentality of the group and what you're seeing in there their ability to push back and come together and work their way through this. Yeah, there's there's when you're when you're not getting results you want, it's call it a sag, call it frustration, whatever it is. But you got to work your way out of it. Confidence is earned. When you don't have confidence, you got to go out and earn it back. And that's where we were. We talked after the game tonight. We got a short turnaround tomorrow. As frustrated as we are with the way this game ended up, we got to line up tomorrow at 5 o'clock again. And we got to leave that behind us. We got to try to win a game at 5 o'clock tomorrow. All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. The Penguins win it tonight 5 2 over the Oilers. He touched on a, on a lot of things there. At the beginning, Rob, a big goal in this game. It made it 2-0. Blandizi out of the penalty box got the perfect lob stretch pass from Aston Reese, but that's the one that it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be allowed. Well, well, you shouldn't. And Mike Smith, the goaltender, he knows he's watching the clock. Sometimes it's hard when you're on the power play to, to know exactly when the player's coming out of the penalty box. So the goaltender's job is to alert the players by banging his stick. Guys on the bench are yelling and screaming, as Dave Tippett talked about it there. I I personally think it's usually the offside defenseman is the one that pulls out. The, the, the close one, the board side defenseman, he stays there in case the puck comes out. Because at that point, the puck could go 50-50. But the offside guy, he's closer to, to the guy coming out of the penalty box. He backs out. And for the Oilers, when you have four forwards, that, what, at that point it was Connor McDavid, and he was staying in the high slot. So to me, if, if there may be a miscommunication between the two of them, who backs out, but someone had to. And it was a wide open breakaway. Sometimes you see partial ones, the guy gets a step behind, but this is one where the Oilers didn't read it well and he had all the time in the world to come out and go on in on a breakaway. And uh, again, that was one where you're thinking the score could be tied and instead the Oilers are down a couple again. That'll be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Let's head down to the Oilers dressing room. Another tough night in goal for Mike Smith. Here he is, courtesy GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. When there's mistakes in games right now, they're, they're costing us games because, uh, you know, important times in games we're either making too many mistakes and then they can't get covered up for or you can't or not you know myself can't get a a big save at the right time in the game so it's partly that you make one of those breakaway saves and it's probably a different game but I I felt better tonight about my game and um, you know tour screens and tour breakaways so I'm not going to beat myself too much up about it the um you guys didn't face a ton of adversity in the early going this year, but you're on a run here, I think, of six of seven as a group. How are you guys managing frustrations that may be creeping in? Yeah, I think there's frustration. Anytime you go on a you go on a little skid there, I think the frustration that creeps in your game, but um, it's the way you you know handle it that makes you a better team. And if you just let it boil over and, and continue to, you know, hurt you the way you play, then then you'll probably end up going the wrong way in the standings and it's uh, it's the way you grab onto it and and deal with the adversity that makes you you know you find out a lot about your team when uh, when the moments get hard like this. But 
like I said before, every team goes through it. I think you're seeing some of the top teams in the league right now having little little uh, skids in, in this part of the season, but um, we need to start, you know, coming out on the other under on the other end of some of these games here. Where is your game? Because the numbers aren't good, right? They're, the yeah. percentage starts with eight, which is I know. Okay. Not something you like. Yeah. Uh, where is it in your mind? How much better does it have to be? Is it close to getting better? What do you think? You can only do so much, to be honest. So you can only the numbers uh, obviously impact the way you know you assess a goalie from the outside looking in. But uh, you can only control what you can control as a goalie, and you can't you can't control what is going on in front of you, whether it's deflections or breakaways or whatever it may be, power plays, penalty kills. You can't control that stuff. You can't. So the numbers, when things are going bad, you're looking at them going, "Whoa, he's not playing very well." But um, the last couple of games, I feel like I've, I've played pretty solid. Just hadn't made those big saves or important times in games. And I talked about this morning, and I don't think you were around, but um, talked about just you know making more big saves in games. And and I feel like I'm not letting in soft ones. They're just um, the important ones, the big saves where it's a higher higher chance. You need to make more of those. So at the end, a uh, bit of a dust up there with Malkin. He obviously took it to the net hard. Did you feel a little too hard for that point in the game? Or yeah, exactly. I mean. I'm frustrated. I think he's trying to score, but that's, I mean, point in the game where you're, you know, you obviously don't want to let another one in. And, and when he's coming to net hard like that, big guy, got a little wires crossed a little bit there, but that's part of the game. Rob, there's Mike Smith. What do you think? Well, it, we, we have had goaltenders on our show a lot, and when we talk to them about the mentality of playing goal, Every one of them talks about if you're going to be a National Hockey League goaltender and have success, you got to forget about the bad stuff. You work hard, you learn from your mistakes, but you can't dwell on things. And it doesn't sound like he is. He he likes a lot of his game, but he, and he admitted, he says, I'm not making the big save at the big moment. And that's true. There have, uh, I, I, I'm, he, he was screened on the first goal. That's how it sneaks through. And normally you, you want that one save, but uh, he's just, there's... The Oilers give up a lot of great A scoring chances. And there were some that he saved tonight, but they, when they needed the big save tonight, they didn't get it. He's going to get another opportunity, and he puts the work in. I don't think that's a question of, uh, for, for Mike Smith. He puts the work in. He, he, he understands what he has to do, what he has to be better at, and when he gets his next opportunity, they need him to be better. I mean, from now on, I would imagine both goaltenders play will dictate how much more they play, how many more times yeah, they sure. get starts. I yeah. think that's more so now than, well, and it has been for the last week or two, than earlier in the season. There'd be guys that have a bad night and they would play the next game. I think now, with the way the standings are going and the way the Oilers have struggled as of late, if you play well, you're going to play. If you don't, it might be a while before you get back in the net. 5-2, the Penguins win it as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. If you're looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Panthers beat up on the Stars 7-4. Achari got a hat trick. Capitals over the Devils 6-3. And the Maple Leafs win on the road against the Rangers 6-3 the final. Oilers and Canadians tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Face-off here at Rogers Place. Our face-off show will start at 3.30. You can call us or text 780-496-0063. We will welcome Mike to the show, who's also going to finish the play. But first, uh, Mike, give us your thought. Yeah, I'm just wondering if... uh Ken Holland is searching for a backup goalie now. That's a good question. Uh, that that popped into my head during the game. Um, 
Man, that's tough. It, it's it's not easy. I mean, there's only 62 goalies in the league at any given time. Um, I mean, the Penguins have Tristan Jari going well. They have Matt Murray, who's won a couple of Stanley Cups. Casey, here, here's the thing, Mike. I think I think anybody they they got would still have question marks surrounding him. Is that fair? You can agree or disagree. Yeah, I just I wonder if like because we're not really in a spot where we could send Smith down to the AHL to find his game and bring him back, are we? Because there's nobody really to call up. No, they wouldn't do that. That'll never happen. No, I don't think they would do that. But they but they need more to Mike Smith. You're absolutely right. They need more to Mike Smith. This is a team, as we said, that needs very good goaltending to win hockey games. And Mike Smith has been okay, but he has not been very good. And they need very good. Yeah. Mike, we're going to finish the play with you. You already have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as 598 per day with the promo code Chad. What do we have, Kellen? Malk thought about a slapper, tried to go cross ice. Archibald picked it off, and here come the Oilers, the only team without a shorthanded goal this year. Shea loads up, shoots, scores! Right on cue, Riley Shea with a shorthanded goal, and Edmonton cuts the gap to 3-2. to two. All right, Mike, this should be a freebie because Jack uh, said it in the play-by-play, including that goal, including that goal, how many short-handed goals have the Oilers scored this season? We got a single. You are absolutely correct. Mike, stay on the line. Thank you for calling. Your name goes into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. The special team story tonight, the Oilers 0 for 2 on the power play. The Penguins 1 for 1, so they scored. Shane scored late in the second period. Penguins came out and scored on the second half of the power play early in the third and that one made it 4-2 and that was a, a pretty big backbreaker at the time if the Oilers would have killed that off you're you're rolling again down a goal with still 19 minutes left but that made it 4-2 Connor McDavid scored with 336 to goal to go it was waved off for goalie interference the Oilers did not challenge it I would have mm-hmm. if, if I were coaching the team so would I have and we talked about it up there when it was first waved off both of us said that to us, it was a, a no-brainer. Like we would. I, I, w- I don't know if they would have won the challenge. I don't know if I. I, I, they, I don't think, I think they, they would. Probably, I think they probably would have lost the challenge, but it might have been worth the risk with 3:36 to well, go. With 13:36 to go, maybe not. If you're down, if at that time of game, if you're down one goal, no, I wouldn't have challenged because I don't think they would have won the challenge. Right. But you're down two goals against a team that knows how to win, and I'm thinking they're they're not getting a whole lot of great scoring chances challenge it hope that the the war room or the refs or someone sees the same thing that you hope they see um but i i agree i don't think they would have won the challenge but i again i i would have tried it yeah. and hoped yeah and it's always i mean look we're often wrong with goalie interference and we've we've debated it i, I think the reason they wouldn't have won that is because a the call on the ice was no goal so they have to look see something to overturn it and i think because mcdavid his foot was in the crease at the time. And I, mean, I realized Jari maybe wasn't going to find the puck anyway, the way it kind of caromed, I think, off Cassian and then down for McDavid. Maybe he wouldn't have found the puck, but I think they would have ruled that if McDavid wasn't there, he would have at least backed into the crease. And I, I think that McDavid made no effort to leave the spot. 
I think that adds to it too. But yeah, again, even though there's a, it's it's so tough because you could say that well, there's a penguin guy kind of keeping him there. But I don't think. Too, but I, I I don't think we're ever going to hear that one because because there was no challenge, the NHL probably will. They not, don't have to explain it. No, yeah. explain it. But I. Either way, I, I think it would have been worth a bit of a hail mary challenge at yeah, that I agree. point. At that point, just again, I agree with two things. A, at the time of the game, if it's a two goal lead, I call it. If there's 15 minutes to go in the game, I don't challenge it simply because you've got time. If it's a one goal lead at that point, I wouldn't have challenged it because not only do you lose the challenge, but you give up a power play as we've seen just the other night in St. Louis. All right, so the Oilers lose 5-2. Chris Letang is selected the first star of the game. Zach Cassie in the second star. Zach Aston Reese with a couple of assists for the Penguins is the third star. Rob and I give the fourth star of the game. We almost always give it to an Oiler, and we will tonight, courtesy White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective. With thousands of personalization options, visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Well, I think Shane with a, the short end of the goal. We, we haven't seen that very often this year. We've seen it just once. So I'm going to give the four-star to him. Having said that, the Tang, the more I see him live, I realize how good a hockey player he is. I know he scored the goal and it was a big goal tonight. But all the little things that Latang does on the back end, his, his body positioning, his, his stick positioning, how he can turn something out of nothing and how he could take a, a what you think may be a good scoring chance for the Oilers and turn it into absolutely nothing. He is a world-class defenseman, and I thought uh, certainly, easily, the first star in the hockey game tonight. All right. Here's a big story for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The former Edmonton Oil King goaltender Tristan Jari, he is now 6-1 and one in December with three shutouts. He gets the win tonight. Let's hear from Jari, courtesy BDO, first call, debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. It's cool to get a win in Edmonton and with uh, some close people here uh, watching the game. It's pretty cool. It's exciting. It's something that you never really think of that would happen, and I'm glad it did. I was glad I was able to start in one of the two cities where I basically grew up in, so it's fun. And I know, obviously, when you were growing up, Sid was a big name, and Connor McNabb was a huge name, too. What's it like going against him and Dry Settle and basically that whole group? It's awesome. It's pretty cool. It's it's fun to play against the best players in the league and see what they bring every night, and it's fun to try and stop them. What's it, what's it like? You get the 2 nothing lead, so they're chasing you guys. Uh, basically, it's do the best we can to limit their chances. I think that was a big thing is just making sure I was managing my rebounds the best I could, and the guys were doing a great job getting pucks out, and we were able to get fresh guys, and I think that helped a lot. How's the team been able to put together the streak with the injuries that through. Every night we have a different group of guys stepping up and I think that's been the key for us is just making sure that we're playing our game and playing to our systems and we get the timely goals that we do from different guys every night. What did you see on the, uh, the goal that was waved off? Dave was kind of like crutching when you knocking you over. Is that you know immediately that it was going to get waved off? Yeah, I was hoping that it did. Like I, I knew I couldn't move. I didn't know who was behind me, but I felt somebody on my feet. And as soon as the puck went by me, I couldn't move. So I was hoping that I got a little help there. All right, Tristan Jari, pretty uh, good work for the Penguins, and still, still young, promising career ahead of him. And I don't know if he. I don't know if he knew for sure it was going to be waved off. I don't know if he said he was hoping when he felt somebody behind him. But uh, he was good. He, he, he was solid. I mean, he got beat on a nice tip by by Cassian. And, uh, you know, then good job by, by Shane to get the goal. But Jari really, I mean, I talked to Kelly Rudy the other night. 
who did the Flames-Penguins broadcast, and he said Jari pretty much won the game for the Penguins. He's excellent. Yeah, he looked confident, looked comfortable, uh, never seemed to be out of position. Uh, good for him. It, he always liked seeing someone had, that has success that's put time and effort in. It, nothing's been given to him. Uh, and where he was on the depth chart, I mean, he's had to earn everything he's gotten. He was very, very good tonight. All right, the Edmonton Oilers fall 5-2 to the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to do the news and weather here at the bottom of the hour. We have time for more of your phone calls at 780-496-0063. You can also text that number as well. You'll hear from Penguins head coach Mike Sullivan. You'll hear from Edmonton Oilers captain Connor McDavid. Two goals tonight for the Oilers. That means a $50 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. You can visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They give 25 bucks per goal all season long to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. And whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, head to the Oilers page on 630Chet.com. Look for the Japanese Village Goal Light. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, AAA steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Your senses. The Oilers with just one win in their last seven games on home ice. Just one win in their last eight. It's a tough goal. We'll continue breaking it down when we get back to Studio 99. You're listening to Overtime Open Line, courtesy Heartland Ford on 630 Chet. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. It's a backhander by Malkin. And a save made by Mike Smith. Rebound dry subtle. All right, that's the save of the game for Jiffy Lou. Be wise. Winter rise. Penguins beat the Oilers 5-2. Final shots on goal 28-26 in uh, favor of the Oilers, but they take the loss. It, is, it has not been good at home. 1-5-2 and two in their last eight. We talked about them falling behind 2-0 or worse in four consecutive home games, so that's not a, a formula for success. It's 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 really kind of mind-boggling. I mean, the road record's 11-8-1. Which is very good. Pretty good. Yep. They, they went on the road. I thought they had a really solid game in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were outplayed in St. Louis, especially in the second period, but again, goaltending at least Gave them a shot and a late power play. Gave them at least a shot. And then at home, and and I realize why, you know, this is worrisome for people because this is the same time of year last year, right around Christmas, when they they had a six-game losing streak where they didn't get a point. Like, they were 0-6, and five of those games were at home. So there are some parallels. There are some things that are drastically different, too, like the penalty killing, uh, as you mentioned. But it's going to take... I mean, obviously, getting a lead, maybe a bounce, maybe uh, I mean, there aren't a lot of fights, but maybe a big hit or, or something to get them fired up at home. Well, they haven't got a lot of breaks. And when you're in close games and, and the team that gets the best breaks usually is the team that wins a hockey game. Um, but when you're down 2 nothing, you need yes. every break to go well, you your need way. Break. And yeah, and you, again, you have to play perfect hockey. Uh, I think that 
Well, and Bob and I, we talked about it right after the game, and, he, and I know when he and Jack were on air, they talked about the fact that when Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl don't get a point, uh, they're, I don't know what it was, like 0-29 and 2 or something ridiculous. Well, tonight, you've got a Pittsburgh team that was without Crosby, without Hornquist, without Schultz. He was missing some pretty big players, and they got a goal from every line in the line, every line in the in the game tonight. All four lines scored a goal for them, and I thought Melkin actually had a pretty ga- good game. He he created a lot of chances, but the things the things didn't go in the, the net for him. Yet other players were able to find ways to put the puck in the net. They scored some big goals. Tanov scored a big goal. Uh, that that kid. On the the scored the first goal or the excuse me the second goal, Blendisi. I mean a, a huge goal. Uh, so they were getting production from from players that you wouldn't expect it from. But that's how good teams stay good. I mean that's how uh, teams that go through injuries find ways to win hockey games. And right now the Oilers aren't getting that. There's not there aren't games where their top players are, are shut down and they somehow find a way to win a hockey game. Yeah. And they need that. So maybe that's what this team needs right now is a jolt. They need a game where their second, third, and fourth lines win them the game. Because it hasn't happened yet this year. Although they did get a big pen, a shorthanded goal today by Shane. But they just this is a team right now that doesn't have the scoring depth to be able to sneak out victories. You can text 780-496-0063 as well. Jeffrey says, uh, hey, guys, I'm wondering if a Benson or Marodi type could be called up from the farm just to try something a little different. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't follow the farm. I don't know who's playing well down there. I don't watch the games. I'm only watching what's up here. I, I, don't, I don't know if Marodi is a guy that's going to play in your top six. Uh, Benson, I think eventually they want him there. Yeah. I don't know if he's there yet. And I don't think the, the your third and fourth lines, uh, those guys are l- littered with penalty killers. And the penalty killing has been good. So you're not going to take those guys out as penalty killers. So I don't see that happening. I just think this is a team that needs, uh, in all honesty, it needs more of its second line. And really, I think if you go through the lineup, I bet you the third and fourth lines are fairly close in goals scored even strength to the second line. This is a team that doesn't get goals after the first line. Right. So they need something from a second line. But the problem is, whoever you put there, Leon or Ryan Nugent Hopkins, neither one is able to produce as a second line centerman. Because which, again, which takes us back to putting Connor and Leon together. Back together. Yeah. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Robert standing by. Robert, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Robert. You're on. Um, oh, I think, look, I mean, look, as, a, as, as much as the Oilers are, are in a slump, I think uh, I, I have, I'm uh, more of a glass-half-full kind of guy. I try to be optimistic and looking and seeing that they're still within two points of the, of the division lead. I think all things considered, I would take that. Now, that being said, obviously, I mean, Mike Smith, another tough start, but... I think at some point Tippett is going to have to go back to him because I don't 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 think we want to see a repeat of Koskinen getting overplayed and then getting burnt out like last year, which leads me which leads me to to a question that I have for Rob. I would think, do you think maybe that uh, tomorrow night do we maybe see the likes of Patrick Russell and 
Granlin back in the lineup just to just to maybe shake things up or maybe send a message to the team? Well, I always laughed when when I played. Whenever we had a bad game, and they shook things up, they would take someone off the fourth line, put him in the press box, and put someone else in. Where the fourth line guys really have not a whole lot of say over whether you win or lose a hockey game. So if they if they take two players out and put those two in, it's not going to affect what's ailing this hockey club. Having said that, I like Patrick Russell in my lineup. I think that when he comes, you get an honest effort, and I've yet to see a game where you've left wanting more from Patrick Russell. Uh, tonight, the one line, I think it was the Nygaard, Haas, Caroline didn't seem to get a lot of ice time. Maybe there is a difference. I didn't, honestly, I didn't notice Kara a lot tonight. Part of it is he only played about nine minutes. So there wasn't a whole lot of him in the lineup. Uh, maybe you inject some life. Maybe I, I would, I'd throw Russell in. And Granlin, why not? Right. To, to yeah. Just for something different because right now status quo hasn't been working. So yeah, i put them both in and you try find two guys that you're going to pull out of the lineup. Penguins take it 5-2. They are 15-0-4 in their last 19 games against the Oilers. They are coached by Mike Sullivan. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Yeah, I thought I thought we had a better start. You know, we're we're trying to uh, we're trying to check and, and defend hard, uh, especially against a team that has a dynamic offense like Edmonton does. And uh, I thought for the most part we did a pretty good job in the first. So, um, you know, we accomplished that. You know, what, what I like about our team is, you know, they, they get a they get a goal late in that second period on you know against our power play. Um, you know that that could be a huge momentum shift, but I, I just love the resilience of the group. You know, we came in after that after that period, just said, "Hey, we've got to put it behind us. Just get out there, and we've got a minute left on the power play. Let's try to get a goal. But if we don't get a goal, let's just execute and do the right things, and we'll build momentum for the team and go from there." And uh, sure enough, those guys go out and they score a goal. So it's uh, you know, it, 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 it we felt like we we grabbed the momentum right back. So it, it was uh, I thought the third period was was our strongest period. What about the compliment score when you get goals from Chevro, Weedle, and Landy, say, late one by 10? Well, it's, uh, it's huge, you know, especially given the circumstances right now with the, uh, with the amount of injuries that we have. To have different guys step up and, and contribute offensively for us is, uh, is necessary if we're going to continue to find the win column. So, you know, guys are stepping up at different times. It's, uh, you know, it, it, from a coaching standpoint, it's been a lot of fun to watch because everybody's been involved. Uh, it's really a team effort in the, in the true sense of the word, and uh, it just seems like every night different people step up, and, and that's what it takes, and that's how we become a team, and, uh, and we just have to continue in, in that regard. All right, that is uh, Mike Sullivan, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, who go to 21-10-4 on the season, 7-6-2 and on the road, and uh, they win tonight without Crosby, without uh, Hornquist, without Schultz, who got hurt the other game in Calgary, without, uh, without Dumoulin. They get some depth goals, they get a power play goal, and uh, they hold off the Edmonton Oilers for a 5-2 victory. Sullivan has done... He's done well, to say the least. Yeah, Do you know him at all? Well. Uh, I have met him. It's funny. When I played, I think I was in Pittsburgh, a buddy of mine now, I, that's, is he Boston College or Boston University? I keep getting mixed up between the two because one was where all the Americans went and one took Canadians. But I had a buddy from St. Albert that went down and played on one of the two schools with Sullivan. So when I went into Boston, I went out with my buddy Maddie, and Sullivan was there. So we. this is when he was in college. 
and we had a really good time. So my my knowing him is one really, really good long night in Boston. <laughs> so the Oilers at 19-15-4, uh, obviously in a really tough slide here. The, the division... Nobody's running away with it, which is to the Oilers' uh, advantage. Obviously, they can't, you know, keep losing or they're just going to simply get passed. But Arizona has 44 points. They have a game in hand on Vegas, who also has 44 points. So Arizona is classified higher. Edmonton with 42 points. Calgary at 41. And uh, Vancouver with 38. Then there's a bit of a gap down to the the California teams. I, I think Vegas is going to finish first in the division. Arizona, I know they went out and got Hall, and good for them. They won their first game with Hall. They were having a tough night yesterday, and then Darcy Kemper got hurt. Now, now Rant has still been pretty good, yep. but he hasn't been as good as Kemper, and, and no disrespect to Hall and, and the players that are having good years, but again, goaltending. We'll see. We'll see how it goes with there. And, and they have a lot of things going for them, but if Kemper's out, he's week to week. If he's out, you know, four, five, six weeks, who knows? Like, that could really shake things up for them. I, I still think they're a good team, and I, I, I like where they're going. See, I don't look so much, when I look at the standings, I don't look so much how far they are out of the division lead. I look at how far a team is out of the playoffs. And that's the one that, I mean, because... Well, I, I don't care. That. Yeah, I know, uh, I know. They're three points up. Yes. So, I, I, I don't... Once you get in the playoffs, I don't care if you come in first or eighth. You have the same equal chance of winning the Stanley Cup. And we've seen a lot of teams go on runs coming in as the 6th, 7th, 8th seed. The, the, the one that scares you is the Nashville Predators, who are, how many points are they behind the Oilers now? Four. With how many games in hand? Four. So there's so they eight they got to win half of them that, they catch and up. And that's yeah. a team that's right now outside the playoff line, I believe. They are. Yes. They're, they're uh, three points out. So, yeah. yeah. So the, that's where you get a little scared is when you start looking at those teams. So I, whether you, if the Oilers win the Pacific Division, win the Western Conference, it doesn't matter to me as long as they're a playoff team. The teams that you have to watch are the teams that are just outside the playoff line, the ones that are coming on, and teams that, to me, will be a playoff team. I believe that the National Predators will be a playoff team when it's all said and done. So then you start looking who's in the playoff cut line above it, right. which one of those teams is going to fall out. That's what you want to stay ahead of. All right, it's quarter to 11. The Oilers have lost 5-2 to the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're back after the break with more overtime open line, courtesy Hartlett Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Final score tonight at Rogers Place, Pittsburgh Penguins 5, Edmonton Oilers 2. It was 2-0 for the Penguins after 1, 3-2 for the Penguins after 2. Latang power play goal early in the third, Tanev seals it with an empty net. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99. You never know who's going to drop by. WHL legend Cam Moon is here. Play-by-play voice of the Red Deer Rebels. Love Cam. He is a very good man. I had the opportunity over the last number of years to get to know him a little bit better. And he's in town tonight taking in the festivities of an Oiler game and whatever they throw at him afterwards. <laughs> well, it seems like he's catching it. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Uh, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. Yeah, I liked I liked I liked a lot of our game honestly. I thought uh, you know, we played well. Um, you know, their team that defends well. Um, you know, we were able to generate a couple chances. Um, you know, just two mistakes, 
you know, end up in the back of our net and, and uh, you know, and then you're chasing the game. So we got to find a way to cut out those mistakes or, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. The numbers say uh, six in your last seven, something like that. Do you feel like this team is in that kind of a funk, that your game is in that spot? I mean, I, I haven't minded our game. I mean, it's tough to say when you're losing, when you're losing a hockey game. So, um, you know, obviously we got to find a way to get wins, but you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're working hard. I, we're defending better than we, we have before. Um, you know, numbers might not suggest that, but it feels that way at least. Um, yeah, I mean, we've we got to find a way to create some, some offense. And, and uh, yeah. How are you guys managing it in here? This was kind of your first major adversity of the season, and it's gone on for a little bit now. How are you guys managing it in here? Uh, yeah, we've been able to, to, to nip it pretty quick early in the year. You know, when, we, when we'd have a loss or two, you know, we'd get back in the winning, the winning column. So, um, like you said, I think we're six or seven, and, and overall the whole month hasn't been great. So um, we need to find a way to... Get two big wins here before the break and and, uh, and regroup. All right, that is Connor McDavid held off the score sheet tonight, minus one. Leon Dreisaitl also held off the score sheet. He is minus four. So was uh, James Neal on the evening. Oscar Clefbaum led the Oilers in shots on goal. He had five. Clefbaum played almost 26 minutes this evening for the Penguins. Jack Johnson played 24 and a half minutes. Latang played 25 and a half. Malkin six shots on goal. Jared McCann, who also scored tonight, had five shots on a goal. Malkin dominant in the faceoff circle, won 15 out of 23 as the Penguins were 55% on the evening. Just some other stats of note this evening. 780-496-0063. We have Tony standing by. Tony, go ahead. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Good. So, yeah, we may have lost tonight, but you know what? Other than the two mistakes that we made on the breakaways, I honestly feel like we got kind of outplayed Pittsburgh, you know, we got more shots on goal than them. You know, we got a few tip-ins. We got a secondary scoring in Cheyenne, and he also put, gave us our only shorthanded goal. Um, my two questions are, like, um, you know, McDavid, McDavid's probably, like, McDavid's probably one of the best, is probably the best player in the NHL. Do you, how fed up do you think he is with losing as much as we have, even though we started off the season really good? And do you, do you guys notice that whenever Mike Smith lets a goal in, he doesn't just automatically, like, he automatically looks up in the sky, like, what happened there? Like, he wasn't doing that at the beginning of the season. Well, it's for Connor. I'm sure he's frustrated, as every player on the team is. Uh, this Things were going very well. They've hit a tough, spat, tough bat, uh, batch of the, the season right now, and they're going to be a little frustrated. If they're not, then you'd be worried. Uh, as for Mike Smith, I honestly, I, I don't look at him after he lets a goal in. I'm usually watching the replay to see what had happened. But uh, the, right now, things have gone sideways a little bit for the Oilers. And they got one more game before the Christmas break. Or, no, two more games before the Christmas break. They want to make sure that they go into the break uh, on a good note. You don't want to sit on sit for a couple days on a, on a long losing streak. Uh, they have an opportunity tomorrow to, to respond to tonight's game. And they are doing some good things. It's just the big mistake is costing them. Tomorrow they need a quality effort out of Koskinen. If they get that, then I think they have a good chance of, uh, of winning and taking two points on home ice. And I think confidence-wise, this team needs that. All right. Well, that's a wrap for tonight. The Penguins take down the Oilers 5-2. Edmonton slipping to 19-15-4 on the season. We are back at it tomorrow. 
3.30 in the afternoon for the face-off show. The game will start at 5 as the Oilers will take on the Montreal Canadiens. The final game before Christmas is Monday in Vancouver. That's an 8 o'clock start. The face-off show will begin at 6. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening, back at the 6.30 Jet Broadcasting Compound. Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Penguins 5, Oilers 2 is the final. You can get more on 630Jet.com, globalnews.ca. Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Overtime Open Line for Heartland Ford. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.